The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hootball Sixers. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and let's jump right back into where we left off last time, and that was right before the Sixers game against the Atlanta Hawks at home. This, I said, was a big test for the Sixers, as it was against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, and the Sixers really took care of business here, winning 94-122. to There wasn't that much to unpack in this game as it was a blowout, a very dominant performance from the starters, got it done early, weren't even needed that much past the third quarter, and Tobias Harris finishing with 22-11 and on a very efficient 9-13 of shooting, Joel Embiid 19 points and 5 rebounds, Seth Curry contributing 15 points, and Maxi contributing 16 as well on a very efficient 6-8 of shooting. So the starting unit looked great defensively, looked great offensively, really getting out on the break and stopping the guards of the Hawks. Trey Young with a very inefficient game, 5 for 16 shooting and 13 points. He did contribute 10 assists, but didn't seem to matter that much. And this was a beautiful game to watch as a Sixers fan. Um, Really makes you not miss Ben Simmons all that much after you remember what happened last year in the playoffs with Ben against the Hawks compared to seeing what Maxie did along with the rest of this team. Obviously, the circumstances are extremely different. This is one of the first games of the season, and last year is a seven-game series in the playoffs. But a very convincing win nonetheless, and it was very nice to see. Um, Again, like I said, there's not too much to unpack here except for the fact that the Sixers learned how to close out a game with no drama. They kept their big lead. They were able to get the reserves in at the right time and keep them in for the right amount of time. And that is an awesome sight to see. The fact that 13 guys were able to play in this game, including Charles Bassey and Paul Reed, is always a nice sight, even if they only played for three or four minutes of pop. Next game, Sixers against the Portland Trailblazers at home. And they're able to get the win here, 113-103. to um, No Joel Embiid in this game is the big story, along with no Tobias Harris, because if he is in COVID protocols, a positive COVID test came back, which means Tobias will be missing quite some time. Early in this game, Danny got injured, so it looked like the reserves would really have to step up, and step up they did. Andre Drummond with a monster game, 14 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and 5 steals. That is an absolutely ridiculous stat line for anyone. Anyone in this league putting up those stats is one of the most balanced games of the season thus far. Um, Obviously, it's a young season, but that is a crazy impressive stat line, especially from a backup center on a veteran's minimum contract. Been counted out by a majority of the league. Sixers taking the chance on him, and it is looking damn good right now. Seth Curry, 23 points, 6-5, 10 for 17 shooting. And the most interesting thing about this game from Seth was that he was 3 for 10 from 3. So Seth finding ways to get it done without the 3 falling as lethally as it usually does for him. And Seth has looked absolutely incredible this season. Obviously, as I've mentioned many times, it's a young season. But he's playing at an all-star level, which is ridiculous to say from a role player who was brought in for Josh Richardson. Uh, Moving on, Furkan Korkmaz, 15 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists. Looked solid. Terry's Maxi 10 points, uh, 4 for 8 shooting with 7 assists. So Maxi continues to look solid running the offense. Um, big story of this game is George Niang, 21 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists, 7 for 16 shooting. And 
I said the big story of this game along with Andre Drummond because these are the new additions the Sixers were able to bring in for Drummond is on a contract right now for approximately $2.4 million and Niang is on a two-year $6.7 million deal. And the fact that they're having these two huge role players take up that little of their salary cap is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the front office was all over that one. So props to Maury, Elton Brand, Doc Rivers, and everyone else. Um, Niang has looked ridiculously impressive, and we'll get to more of him as we get to the next two games. And Matisse Thibel, only two points, but doing his thing on the defensive end with three steals and a block. So this game, to me is super, super telling of what the Sixers are trying to build, what they've done in the offseason, because obviously Ben's out, Joel's out, Tobias is out, and Danny's out. From a normal team, that's four of the five starters. From this year's team, that's three of the five starters, if you count Danny being out as he went out early in the game and did not return with a hamstring injury. And the reserves just were able to fill in with absolutely no problem and get a win against a very solid team now it should be noted that Damian Lillard is having a very bad start to this year. Solid game tonight, though, with 20.7 rebounds and 10 assists, although we only did shoot 7 for 20 from the field. Norman Powell with 22 points. C.J. McCollum excuse me, with 20 points. And Anthony Simons with 17. So continuing the trend of guards scoring a lot. Sixers, impressive performance against the Hawks guards, but going right back to their ways here. And they did get the win, but... It seemed that Seth and Maxi trying to guard Dame and CJ and Powell really didn't work out all that well. They were able to exploit some of those matchups. But overall, very convincing win. And hey, you hold the Blazers to 103 points, not shooting super efficiently. Obviously, Damian Lillard being the main reason for that early in the season. But that's a very, very convincing win to show that the Sixers are able to do this when Joel needs his rest days, when there's guys out, COVID's going to be a problem. We can already see around the league a lot of positive tests, a lot of protocol issues already happening within the first couple of weeks. So to see all these bench guys able to come in and start and step up is really, really convincing, and I'm really excited to see what this bench can do. Now, it also should be noted that a lot of times – the starters, the bench becoming starters end up playing better than they do off the bench, which is kind of interesting to me because I always think of it like, you know, when you're going up against a second unit, uh, guys like Shake Milton should be able to exploit that for more offense. But I feel like some of these bench guys really uh, get in a groove when they enter the starting lineup. And we can see that here um, with Furkan Korkmaz a lot of times and Andre Drummond, of course, benefiting mainly from Joel's minutes. Um, moving on to what I think was the biggest game of this four-game stretch that we'll be covering on the show, the Sixers versus the Bulls at home. Bulls come in as the leaders of the Eastern Conference, playing absolutely incredible basketball, led by their new off-season acquisition of DeMar DeRozan, um, Vucevic, and Zach Levine, obviously, still in Chicago. That trio has looked lethal, along with Lonzo Ball, along with Alex Caruso off the bench, and... The Sixers battled in this one and ultimately took home the win, 103-98. to um, Joel Embiid finished with 18-9-7, a very balanced game, although he was still a little off in the field with 6-for-18 shooting. Seth Curry continues his absolute hot streak with 22 points, 9-for-14 shooting, and a dagger, putting him up by, I think it was 4 on a little fadeaway in the lane contested. Matisse Thibel, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 2 three-pointers, 
three steals and two blocks. So his presence on defense is being felt night in and night out. And as I've mentioned many times, I will continue the Matisse Thibault for all defensive team. And if he plays enough minutes, I seriously think this man can be a contender for defensive player of the year. His hands, his awareness is absolutely ridiculous. I'll say it every single game because he proves it every single game. Tyrese Maxey, 14 points, uh, 5 for 10 shooting. So a big trend for Maxey here is a solid amount of points and not a lot of shots. And that's a pretty good trend from your point guard. Um, obviously with Ben, also did not take a lot of shots. Uh, scored a similar amount of points. But you got to remember Ben Simmons um, is an all-star caliber player. And Tyrese Maxey is just getting his footing in this league. So the fact that they're even being compared at this point is pretty impressive. Maxey also tallying six assists in this one. So running the offense well. And George Niang, once again, lighting it up with 18 points, six for 12 shooting and four threes. So to mention, still no Tobias or Danny in this game. And once again, team rallies against what has been a top two, three team in the league, best team in the East, and they get it done. Now, DeRozan did put up 37 points, uh, 13 for 22 shooting. Zach Levine contributed 27 as well. And... You can see the trend continue of guards scoring a lot of points against the Sixers. But down the stretch, um, Sixers were able to hold it together. But they had a huge lead again, and the trend of Doc Rivers blowing leads uh, is back after a nice few games where we were able to hold that lead. That goes out the window here with the Bulls making a couple of big runs in the fourth quarter, led by DeRozan. Now, I would like to say that DeRozan hit some ridiculous shots. He was getting it done everywhere. And I wouldn't totally fault Doc Rivers for this one as much as I would fault um, the defense because there were a lot of mismatches out on the court. When you have Seth and Maxi trying to guard DeRozan and Levine and Lonzo, and it, it's just not pleasant. You got Matisse out there doing his thing. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to have Seth or Maxi a majority of the time guarding one of those three bigger, more athletic guards, and that's always going to be a tough time. So I think the Sixers are really going to have to focus on a way to make them earn it a different way from exploiting those matchups. And I know it's hard, but we've seen all year uh, Joel Embiid's defense has been rock solid. He's been locking down centers in the paint, doing his thing, obviously, um, one of the best defenders in the NBA. So it's really just uh, frustrating to see guards killing us time and time again. A lot of missed assignments, a lot of missed rotations, and there's a lot of open threes, and it's just a little bit frustrating, but this was still a very, very good win, and I don't want to take anything away from the Sixers, but the Bulls did shoot very poorly from three, only six for 21, caught a little bit of a break there, but the hustle of this team, the heart of this team, and the way they work together was my favorite part about this game. I mentioned last episode that Doc really has to make this group one cohesive unit, have them all wanting to play together, have them all uh, staying locked in towards the end of the game. And while they did end up blowing somewhat of a lead, they were able to hold it together. And I'm very, very impressed by this win. Um, Sixers obviously have been one of the best home teams in the league um, thus far. Uh, the last couple of seasons, in fact, and getting these home wins is huge, and it's going to really be a test of how good they can be on the road. And yeah, moving on to the final game of this show is the Sixers versus the Detroit Pistons. This was an away game. However, it was against, as I mentioned, uh, one of the worst teams in basketball in Detroit, 
and the Sixers take it home 109 to 98. Sixers really can never pull away in this game all that much. Um, really took till the fourth quarter to go on a couple of big runs led by some big defensive plays. But um, Seth Curry continues his hot streak, as I said last time. Again, 9 for 14, shooting 23 points. Um, he's been shooting the ball ridiculously efficiently, creating his own shot, which you absolutely love to see from Seth. And he's just been a pleasure to watch for this team. Shake Milton with a big game, 16, 8, and 5 on 7 for 13 shooting. Um, Tyrese Maxey with arguably his best game of the season, 20 points, 4 boards, 5 assists, 8 for 12 shooting. Super, super active. And on his 21st birthday, special birthday shout out for Tyrese Maxey playing great this season. And you love to see him getting it done, getting the win on his birthday. Matisse Thibel, 5 points. And of course, has to add those 3 blocks and a steal. George Niang continues to pour it in with 14 and 7. Andre Drummond contributing 8 and 10 as well. And Joel Embiid with 19 and 9 on 6 for 15 shooting. Now, every single game here is a little bit of a trend with Joel Embiid. And he has been playing solid. You know, the Sixers are playing great. So there can't be that much you can ask for. But Joel has really been shooting the ball very inefficiently and scoring under 20 points a game. And this is very unlike Joel Embiid. Um, against the Hawks, 5 for 13. Against the Bulls, he was 6 for 18. And against the Pistons, he was 6 for 15 in these games, scoring 19 points, 18 points, and 19 points. So we're used to seeing Joel scoring 30 or so points um, on over 50% shooting, hitting all his mid-range, getting to the basket. Obviously, Joel's still going to get to the line and get his. But it's kind of disappointing to see him missing a lot of these um, pretty easy uh, mid-range turnarounds, these fadeaways. We see glimpses of him hitting them, and I don't think it's a health issue. Uh, we've seen a lot of players missing shots early in the season. As I mentioned, Damian Lillard, a lot of other top shooters uh, struggling with this new basketball in the NBA right now. And Joel seems to also be struggling, but it's a good thing the rest of the team is really holding it together. And um, it shows uh, Philadelphia tonight going into this game is first in the NBA in field goal percentage, third in three-point percentage, and first in offensive rating. So this team has just been rallying around each other recently and shooting the ball lights out. Um, on the opposing end, Detroit is last in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and offensive rating. So if you didn't believe me about how bad this Detroit team was, hopefully you do now. Uh, Jeremy Grant had a great game for them tonight. He's been pretty solid. Um, 27 points, six rebounds. Cade Cunningham with his first um, pretty solid game in the NBA with um, 18 points and 10 assists. And I don't want to say first solid game in the NBA, but first game that we saw glimpses of what he can really be. His first double-double hit his first three, but he shot one for seven from three and four for 17 from the field. So this young man's got a ways to go before he can really start to add a lot to this Detroit team. It doesn't help that they're horrendous right now, but... Um, just wrapping up some key points from these games, I think the number one key point I would like to point out is the improvement of Doc Rivers. Obviously, besides that little blown lead in that Bulls game, Doc seems to be figuring everything out very early into the season without Ben Simmons, making necessary adjustments, um, finding ways to get the lead early and keep the lead. And his team seems to all be rallying around each other really, really well. He's putting all these young pieces, these new pieces together, which we know he's so good at. Year in and year out, he finds ways. Um, the Sixers, uh, as a team, find ways to 
contribute their new players, and Doc is a big part of that. Very good at developing guys and allowing them to play together. Um, I just love what he's done with this team right now. They really all look like they enjoy playing together. I think the addition of George Niang is just absolutely gigantic to have that stretch for not named Mike Scott. And, you know, he really does a little bit of everything. Um, I said in last episode, I believe, that he was really just a stand-up shooter. But after watching him play a little bit more, I take back that statement. He is able to put the ball on the floor a little bit, grab a couple of rebounds, find the open man. And he is just a player you want on your basketball team. Um, coached by the great Quinn Snyder in Utah. And you can see that, obviously, Utah stresses ball movement a lot. And you can see Niang always being in the right place at the right time, open for the shots, getting his team into it. And that's the stuff you love to see from a new player. Um, some upcoming games for the Sixers. They are in Chicago next game on Saturday. Um, that game will be very interesting after they pulled out a close one just a couple days ago. And then they play the Knicks out for revenge after that really, really ugly game in Madison Square Garden. But they will be home for that one. And then they're home against Milwaukee. And last episode, I said the Hawks were their biggest test of the season. I think the defending champions with Giannis Antetokounmpo are most definitely going to be their biggest test of this young season. I'm really interested to see how that game plays out. Um, as of right now, there's no reason to believe that Joel Embiid will not be active. Um, he's been flirting with injury, but he seems to be playing a majority of games. And when he doesn't, it's because of rest. Um, do not think we'll have Tobias Harris back for that game, which is a little unfortunate. But this team has shown that they can do it without him. And obviously, Tobias is a great member of this team. Always love to have him when we can. But when you got Niang pouring in the type of numbers he has and the rest of the guys picking up the slack, uh, that's a very, very winnable game. And I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, all around, this Sixers team has just been so incredibly fun this season. Um, really just increasingly enjoyable. Um, last episode, I said that they'd be lucky to finish as a top four seed, but the way that they're playing now, the way the coaching's looking and the way that this team is playing, I really don't want to overreact again because it is still super, super early, but they are number one in the Eastern conference right now. And I really do think that they could maintain the top three or four seed. Um, I know it's a very quick change in heart, but doc showed me what I need to see in order for, for me to change my mind. So I apologize for my early reaction last game, but I don't think this one is an early reaction whatsoever. Um, also, Ben Simmons, um, you have to revisit every episode. Uh, recently, there's been more reports about Ben. He's not ready to play still, but it does seem like at some point he's going to have to be ready in some regard because he is saying he's talking to these experts, these therapists, and it's mental. So at some point, um, Ben's going to have to either be ready or the Sixers are going to have to be willing to deal him. And the Sixers are getting a lot of leverage right now in that regard because they're showing they can win without him. And teams can't come up to the Sixers and say, hey, um, we see you're struggling. Um, you need someone because Ben's not playing. That's not the case. Ben's not playing. This team's still good. The Sixers have no need to trade Ben. If they're going to trade Ben, it's going to be for something good and something necessary, not just because they need something else because they have proven right now that they do not need something else. And Maxi is a perfectly, perfectly fine starting point guard um, for this team thus far. And I just, 
again, love Tyrese Maxey and everything he's been doing for this team. He's so explosive. He loves. I feel like he loves this city. Um, when trade rumors were swirling in the offseason about him, he shut those down very, very quickly. Um, really seems like a guy that's great for this organization. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of games. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, always a great time, and keep trusting the process. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.